everyone. I originally didn't want to do this, but I feel the need to make a second life update kind of episode because ever since I recorded was episode 9, I moved back to Italy and now my life has drastically changed, mostly for the better. So I feel the need to make a kind of update on everything since I did that one episode and then I just released three collaborative episodes into the world with no real explanation. So this is a kind of recap of everything. So first thing that happened after I recorded episode 9 was prom, which honestly was pretty lackluster, although I think the highlight of it was getting to dress up in a different way and seeing everyone else dress up well because there's one thing I like, it's when people dress up in ways they usually wouldn't dress up, as in could be formal or could be for Halloween outfits. It's just nice to see a change, but overall it was pretty expensive and it really wasn't worth um, the amount of money we paid, so I'd say the only reason why I really did it was just to write about it in case I ever included something like that in my comic, but if you're younger than me and you're planning on going to prom just because everyone's doing it and people tell you it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing so you might as well go, don't listen to them and just do what you think is right. And two days after that, we had the graduation and before that we had to do this little like rehearsal where we were practicing the choreography like walking on the stage, shaking the principal's hand, holding the diploma, you know. All of that stuff and you know it was boring but I didn't want to make too much of a big deal out of it because it was kind of cute like you know seeing everyone like all supportive and everything so that happened and also I think the highlight of it was again um, dressing up because I got to wear some like really eccentric makeup I mean for prom I went for like kind of 80s new wave uh, kind of look with a tuxedo and then for um what was it? the graduation I wanted this dress it was like snake print but it wasn't made out of actual snake skin of course and it was turquoise and then on top it had like this little like golden leopard thing on it it was like a mm, I don't know what you what you'd call it well I'm I'm running out of words to say here but yeah, it was pretty out there, and then I wore this like 1920s movie star makeup, and then I slicked my hair back as well, which I wasn't the one who did it. Let me clarify that. I had my, uh, um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm already forgetting how to speak. I had my um, hairdresser do the thing for me, and then there was another uh, hairdresser there who did the makeup, and honestly, I could not thank them enough because they were very supportive of my my vision and they went the extra mile to, you know, make me look nice for those two dates and honestly, the, it was the highlight of it. Like, they couldn't have done a better job, so very happy about that. And about graduation itself, like, we had a little ceremony where people got their diplomas, which was actually just a piece of paper. A blank piece of paper that we got on stage and it wasn't until after the ceremony that we got the actual diplomas. 
And uh, then, yeah, there were some performances, speeches, just, you know, the, the typical things. Like, we'd like to think this class for being the most um, hardworking, you know, like, same thing that happens every year. But I think the real highlight of it was not just getting to dress up, but also afterwards there was like a little cocktail like party or whatever you want to call it. And just got to talk to some teachers, say my final goodbyes, talk to other people, some friends, some not. And yeah, that, that was really fun. And I got to end it off with my family um, having a little crazy moment in the car. It was... We were just blasting music, having a lot of fun, and then the day after was when I was supposed to record um, this like little short film project I had in mind maybe for uh, my art portfolio with um, Nico and Michael. But what happened was like Nico came in a bit later and then I was like, it was uh, kind of late in the afternoon and I was like, I don't even feel like recording now so how about we just do an episode together. So then we did and then I think it was the day after I met up with another friend and then we saw the Barcelona Gay Men's Choir, which was really solid. And then the day after that, I went to um, a theme park in Spain called Portaventura with a bunch of other friends, which was super fun as well. And the day after, I believe, is when I met up with Mary and Lily for the last time, did our little episode. And then after that is when I went to the Netherlands for a music festival, which is going to be the main juice of this episode. And after the festival happened, I moved back to Italy about two days later. So here's what happened. Festival ends. The day after, um, we went back to Barcelona, stayed there for like, I stayed there for a day and a half, and then I went to Italy. And right now, my main focus has been studying Italian, the grammar, um, my vocab... How do you say? Um, expanding my vocabulary, studying Italian geography as well, all the regions, provinces, and all of that. I've started trying to exercise again, doing weights more consistently. And I started drawing lessons again. Instead of doing them uh, every day, every weekday for three hours now, my art teacher decided, like, I'm at a point where, you know, I can kind of manage things on my own, so there's not really much of a reason to have that many lessons, because the reason why I originally did it for that long was because uh, it was kind of an emergency. 11th grade had ended, and 12th grade was about to start. I'd have to make my own art exhibition, so I really needed to uh, speed up my learning and try to get my skills to be as good as they could possibly be for the start of 12th grade. But now it's like, I have a whole year um, to just make a solid portfolio. So he decided, how about we just do two lessons a week for two hours? And it's been pretty chill, but also I've had a lot of uh, work to do outside of that, that he assigned, but also there's stuff I wanted to draw on my own. So that's been uh, one of the main things going on. And I've also been learning to cook, which honestly, it's one of the highlights of this week. Like, there have been so many highlights, but I think the main one was I really was dreading cooking. But then when I started learning with my grandma, I realized she doesn't really like doing it, but she is good at it. And her recipes are like purposely like easy to learn, you know, not too many ingredients and not too many steps. 
and they're pretty healthy as well, so I realized it's really not as hard as I was making it seem originally. <laughs> Moving on to what I have planned for this podcast, I plan on continuing with more collaborative episodes, although there aren't going to be as many this year since I don't have that many friends in Italy and it's harder to find people who speak English. So I have no idea how often I'm going to record them, but I do want them to be a staple of this podcast because I feel like talking about myself a lot is nice, but it's also nice to have a little break once in a while and introduce different people of different viewpoints and experiences to kind of add a balance to this podcast. Also, I'm going to be playing around with the episode format, just seeing what I like now that I've recorded about 12 episodes. Maybe sometimes I'll have certain segments, sometimes I won't. And another thing that will be a staple of this podcast is the music appreciation episodes, which this one is a bit different though, because I'm just going to talk about my experience at a music festival. But sooner or later, I want to do more episodes like the second one I did where I talked about Radiohead for quite a while, well, I'll talk about different bands instead because I'm kind of out of my Radiohead phase at the moment, or let's just say it's on a halt right now, and I've been listening to other bands, so I like talking about my interests, and if there's one thing about me which kind of reflects the title of this episode, it's that I'm not the kind of person who will be quiet about my interests, or will try to hide different artists. I need to speak about them, like, why hide good music from other people? Why not share it with the world? And another thing, I will not be recording as much in the summer until at least September, because first of all, it is pretty noisy in here in my attic, and hopefully the microphone is not picking up too many external noises. And the thing is, I can't record upstairs because I live in a house that has two floors. One floor is my family, and in the one upstairs, my grandparents live there. And there's an attic, and then there's a... Oh wait, no, this isn't an attic. Oof, I, I keep confusing attic and basement. No, this is a basement. But the thing is, said like that, it sounds like it's a really big house, but there's actually not that much space inside, like... There are only two rooms, and the rest is just kind of extra space. So it was hard to find a place where I could record it, and also I feel like my family's just always constantly moving around from room to room. So because of that, it's hard to find some privacy. And also I can't record at night because I'm expected to be in my in my room by ten. I mean I don't really have a bedtime, but it's just like I can't be up doing too much. So because of that, I can't record late at night like I used to in Barcelona. So I decided for now, I'm not even that inspired anyways to record an episode. So I'm not going to be pushing myself to just spew nonsense. And so yeah, I'm going to take a break until I really feel like passionate about recording. But I feel like this one was just necessary to kind of catch up whoever wants to hear about my life, you know. I realized one thing about this podcast is that I shouldn't worry too much about like, are people going to find this interesting? Are people going to care? And just make an episode for the people who I know will enjoy this, whoever it may be, without spewing too much nonsense or just trying to lower their standards too much. And I know I just talked about what's been going on 
But I'm still gonna do the current concern segment because there have been some other things I haven't really mentioned, and I didn't know if I said this previously, but I actually decided I want to change the major I'm applying to from fine arts to illustration. And if anyone heard my stomach rattling like a freaking maraca, I'm sorry. Cannot control that, but okay. So, I decided during this little trip um, in the Netherlands that fine arts is actually not for me and I feel like illustration is just more my route, yada yada. And because of that, I'm concerned now because I need to start researching universities all over again. Because even if some of the schools I looked up were art schools, a lot of them don't actually offer illustration as a major. And also there's a concern that some of them don't even offer it in English, so gotta do some extra research there. And honestly, I'm not really mad about it, having to, you know, start the whole research process again because in the end, it's a good thing that I took this gap year and this time off to, you know, learn more about myself because imagine if I applied for fine arts, got in, and then I couldn't switch out of the major. What would I have done? So even though it wasn't such a radical change, like it's still art, you're still drawing and they're still kind of the same like basics or fundamentals, it's still good that I was able to catch something like this because it's not like this came out of the blue. I mean, I've always wanted to do comics. I just wasn't sure like how to approach that. Like what would I study for that? But now that I realized um, I could apply for illustration, you know, it's, it's a good thing I found out. So yeah, now the thing is I need to search for schools and there's not that many options. Like there's some, there's a lot of majors in the UK, but I think there's like a limit to how many you can apply to. And also there's a concern that some schools ask international students to have an IB diploma. But the thing is, as some of you may know, I didn't do the IB. So honestly, I still don't regret the fact that I didn't do it though, because it saved me from so much extra work, stress, and also it gave me the time to have, honestly, the best senior year anyone could have asked for. But because of that, it did close some doors. So now I'm like emailing schools left and right, like, do I need it? And then some of them like, they didn't even know where to approach this because they've never had a student, like an international student ask a type of question like this. Cause usually, all of the international students either do like IB or something else. So it is a bit different when they have an international student who's not from the States with an American diploma, but it's going to be resolved and I will eventually go to university. So I'm not too concerned about that. It's just a kind of minor thing that's been going on. And another thing, which I've been thinking about more than the actual university thing, which is kind of ridiculous, but I feel the need to say it is uh, getting a new haircut. So back in December, I cut my hair really short, like kind of like a male hairstyle, like nothing in the back. And now I still can't tie my hair in a ponytail, but it's still like, it has grown a lot. And the thing is my hair is like thin, but it grows back really fast and not like in length. But the thing is my, my head is like covered in this like thick helmet of hair and there's just like so much hair like sprouting like I'll never have to worry about having bald spots I think because my head is just like covered in so much hair and now because of that it's like it's like this helmet it's like a coconut which it's not really a problem because I'm not even leaving the house and 
I'm just way beyond the point of caring anymore about my appearance without looking, you know, still taking care of my appearance without putting too much emphasis on it. But now the question isn't exactly, you know, my hair has grown, like, what should I do? It's the fact that it's uncomfortable, but I don't want to get a haircut just... I don't want to pay the money just to, to have a little change. Like, I want to wait, and the thing is now, I don't know what to do. Like, should I go for... Should I let it grow out more and then go for, like, a 70s kind of shag cut? Or should I go for, like, more 80s, like, rock star mullet? I don't know, and... Yeah, it's just a little... Silly little doubt that's been going on in my head. And... I don't think I'm even gonna cut my hair until the end of summer, maybe. And... Maybe I'll just go back and cut it when I'm in Barcelona, because I really trust my hairstylist. Like, they, they prove that they can do almost anything at this point. So... Yeah, it keeps saying so, I'm sorry. I'm just not recorded in a while, and I've already, like, lost my podcasting abilities. But yeah, I really don't have anything else to say, so I'm gonna get to the actual juice of the episode. Before I even begin telling the story, I feel the need to come up with code names because there's a word, there's this term in particular that's kind of uncomfortable for me to use. It's using the term stepfather, which shouldn't be a bad thing, but because of porn, there's this really bad connotation that comes with that word. And, you know, as I was, every time I use it, it's just kind of. Uh, so I'll come up with a code name instead for this said person. Let's call him Dan, and let's call his son Ryan, for the sake of this episode. So, on uh, three weeks ago, on a Thursday, I believe, me, Dan, and Ryan boarded on a plane to Amsterdam, and that's where we met up with Ryan's mom. And then spent the day kind of sightseeing Amsterdam. And the thing is, we were supposed to um, pick up this car at a rental place. Or when I, when I say we, it was just Dan because he's the one who was like kind of managing this. And guess what? They said, actually, you have to go back to... Uh, where was it? Okay, so first we got to the the airport in Amsterdam. And then we leave and then we're actually inside of the city. He's in this car rental place, and they're like, actually, you have to go back all the way to the airport, which is also connected to this train station, and you need to rent a car there because you did this last minute and it's just not working out. So we had to go back all the way there, and I wasn't really mad about it. I was just like, whatever. Like, I kind of came with the expectation that these people, like, they're, they're not rigid at all. Like, they just operate on a completely different schedule. So I was, like, mentally prepared. So, we go back to the airport, and then we rent a car. And then we just spend the first few hours just kind of uh, sightseeing Amsterdam and just doing some silly little tasks. And then we go to like the west side of Amsterdam, and we meet on uh, Ryan's grandparents, and then he met up with his uh, older um, stepbrothers or twins, and he was just there at their house with his mom while I was just walking around this park and with Dan and we just had, I don't know, we went to some bar and then we were just walking out the park and then I had some food 
and then there was like this little festival thing going on where they were like these adults were marching with their children and then if they completed like the whole route they'd get some kind of prize or something so pretty chill and we we're supposed to get to Tilburg which is the city where the festival was taking place early in the afternoon but we didn't get there until like late at night because they were just not operating on any kind of schedule. And we're at this Airbnb at a place that kind of looks like a trailer house, but it isn't, it just looks like it. It was really nice. It was like kind of in the middle of nowhere near these really fancy farms. So we're there and then the following morning we get up and we have to get to the festival. And the good thing is this festival called Best Kept Secret, hence the name uh, title of this episode, which kind of relates to that. It starts at noon and doesn't- I think it ended at like midnight every day. So we spent the whole morning just dilly-dallying and then we got to the location of the festival, got the little, you know, wristbands that show um, we can actually be there, and then we just spent some time just doing our own thing. And then the first performance started and, you know, everything was good, everything was going great, and I have to say the highlight of the first day, which was Friday, was um, the Chemical Brothers performance, which they were kind of my childhood to some extent, like my mom would play their music often in the car, so I was looking forward to their performance the most, and honestly I have to say like they were just killing it, like everyone in the audience was really hyped up and the little stage, like I don't know what you call them, there was like this little um, robot like animatronic or something. I don't know, it was like the stage design and all the effects were really cool as well and the, the lights as well. So that just amped up the performance. Like it just made it even better. So that was definitely one of the highlights. And rather than me talking about the artists one by one, I'll just say like, when you come to a festival, you have to come with an open mindset. Like. I think the most fun part about it was not really hearing the artists that I already knew and liked, but rather getting to discover new artists and, you know, listening to artists I would have never thought of researching in the first place, despite the fact that I have a pretty diverse uh, music taste. So I'd like to talk about a bunch of festival tips, which I think could help anyone who has never been to a festival before. They're pretty simple, but it's just it's really going to make your experience a lot more comfortable. So as I said, come with an open mindset, not just in the sense of getting to know new artists, but also if you're with a group of people, don't be afraid to venture out on your own, if you feel safe enough, of course. You know, sometimes the people who you're with won't be interested in what you want to see and sometimes you'll have some time to kill because maybe you're just not interested in anything that's going on at the moment. So don't be afraid to just walk around, see what's going on because maybe you'll find some hidden gems in there. Because the thing is, there were these two main stages. One was kind of indoors, like it was in the shade and this other one was outside. And then there were these other stages which were a lot smaller and then there was like this little club or disco thing. And sometimes I found that there were really cool things inside the other smaller areas. 
it just wasn't promoted as much because maybe there weren't artists there that were as big. And I ended up finding some really cool bands like, oh my god, <laughs> this one band called The Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. Can we stop and just appreciate how genius of a name that is? So I kind of briefly heard about them before, but didn't know anything about their music. I think they played on the second day and I think they really made the second day worth it because the second day I didn't really see as many interesting um, performances, but they were absolutely like killing it on stage. And when I was, I was there with Dan Ryan and his mom as well. And then Dan was like, how about I throw my clean underwear at one of their heads. And I was like, why? What? What's the purpose of this? And he's like, well, it's already clean because I showered and I washed this. And I think it'd be nice to throw them a little gift because this is probably more than worth more than the amount of um, money they make off touring. And I was like, uh. like, it sounded funny. But then I was like, imagine being in a band, you're playing um, and then suddenly someone's underwear lands on your face. Like, clean or not, it's just kind of... Uh. Also, I decided not to. And I was thinking about crowd surfing because there were people doing that. But then I was like, uh, like I have my phone in my pocket and what if it falls out? I'm just really paranoid, so I decided not to. And moving on. I think the first... Wait, I don't know if it was on the second or third day. I think it was on the second one. I saw Alex G as well and I already really like his music. He was pretty good, so he's definitely on one of my top performances. And in the last day, I have to say, I was a little disappointed when I saw Aphex Twin. The thing is, a deep dive into their discography is really worth it. And I'd say maybe more than Chemical Brothers, which was kind of their equivalent in a way in terms of like fame. But the thing is, two pretty different things, but it's like... I feel the need to compare this because I saw Chemical Brothers before and I was thinking maybe Chemical Brothers should have been one of the acts to close off this festival on the last day. And before the performance started, my uncle had told me he had seen them a couple of times and said they're definitely Aphex Twin. Er, it's definitely not. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. He's definitely not like the crowd pleasing type, but. You know, his discography is very much worth listening to more than the Chemical Brothers, which those are mainly his words, not mine. So overall, I have to say, it was a bit lackluster and there were some people walking out and I was just like, not really feeling it. He did play like some of his famous songs, but overall was doing like something completely different I was not expecting. But still, that's the thing about festivals, like some performances are bound to be memorable, others not so much. That's just what happens when there's that many um, artists performing. And to end off the festival, the last performance I saw was um, Royskop. Is that even how you pronounce it? I don't know and I've I'd heard some of their songs. Or are they two people? I, I don't know. There were two, two men. One of them like kind of DJing and this other guy on the drums and he was just going full at it. It was fucking amazing. And another thing that just amped up their performance even more was the four dancers there. They were 
so good and I'm sorry I'm running out of words to say but yeah it was very much worth going to even though I wasn't planning on seeing them originally and it was just such a perfect way to end uh, the festival and I would end it off here but there's actually something else that happened afterwards so after the festival there was like this little after party for the people who had worked there and the thing is we were there because uh, we were helping out um, Ryan's mom who is a masseuse I think is the word and originally we were there in the backstage uh, getting some drinks and just talking after n nothing crazy and then this party starts it was like kind of out in the open and at first, a typical party, like, people are kind of shy and, like, the music is kind of quiet and nothing is really going on. And then when things started getting good, Dan and I were talking to this one woman, um, I'll call her Kate. And uh, after a while, um, he talks to her and gets her number, just, um, okay, because we were talking about how we live in Barcelona and she was like, I'd like to go live there. And he was saying, like, you know, if you ever, if, if you're ever planning on coming, you can come visit us. We're, we can be like your second home, like, you know, in a friendly way. And uh, then he leaves her, then I'm talking with her and we just get to the topic of like, I don't know, she started talking about astrology and I'm not, I don't really believe in that, but it's like interesting for me to learn about. So I was like, yeah, I could definitely talk to her for a while. But then what happens is, um, Ryan and his mom are like really tired because to be fair the boy is like the little guy is uh, like 13 so he got tired um, pretty easily and the mom had been working all day so we decide to head back and Dan and I are kind of like oh we don't want to go but we ended up going because the other two were really tired and we we had rented this car right we head to the Airbnb and as we're about to leave the gate of the place, I'm like, what if the two of us stay here and then we just get a taxi later? And then the other two can go back to the Airbnb and, you know, sleep. And then he decided, yeah, good idea. So we leave the car and then we head back to the party and now we're trying to find Kate. And I'm like, yeah, I really want to talk to this woman. Like, she's so cool. And she was really pretty as well and had her hair was like dyed red. And uh, we try calling her, which, you know, it's a good thing we asked for her number. Wasn't picking up. And then we finally find her again. And to our surprise, she actually had to leave. Because the following day, she had to travel by train to another city to take um, um, one of her final, like, college exams early in the morning. So that was a shame, but that didn't stop us from trying to talk to more people. And... This story is kind of funny. So I was picking some snacks and the thing is, I don't drink alcohol. It's just not attractive to me. Like I don't like the taste and also I'm just terrified of addiction. So because of that, I have to get naturally drunk off adrenaline. No drugs, but legal. So I'm picking up some snacks and then this girl who seems pretty drunk walks up to me and she's like, I need someone's help. I've been trying to find someone like me. Tall and blonde, blue eyes, but with a dick. Cause I'm trying to set up my gay best friend with someone who fits his type, but just happens to be a man. 
And I was like, okay, I can help with that. Like, I've got a pretty good gaydar being by myself, so yeah, I can help you. So she clings onto me, and I'm kind of dragging her around, and then she's just like, hey, hey, are you gay? And she's asking random people, and I was like, no, no, no. We gotta be strategic about this. You can't just ask everyone, because these people, I'm sorry, but like when you're when you're queer, you just kind of notice it. Like, I, I don't mean to be offensive, but it's just like, you know, a lot of queer people, they stand out for a reason, because it's like you're already singled out, so why not, you know, um, kind of reclaim that power and dress up, you know, in a different way. So because of that, I was like, you can't just ask random people. Like, we gotta actually pay attention to kind of the way they dress, kind of going off stereotypes, but also going off of my own intuition, being queer myself. But at this point, I don't think she really cared because she was just too drunk and she was just dragging me everywhere. So at one point, she sat next to these guys and they, they did not look queer at all. I'll, I'll give you that, but... She started speaking to them and I was thinking of like, maybe should I like keep an eye on her just because she's like really drunk? But I figured it was, um, this place was outdoors and like overall it didn't look too sketchy. So I was just standing there doing my own thing. And then I started talking to Dan again. And then soon after actually, this girl came back and told us, hey, I found you again. And I was like, oh, hey. And she was with this one guy, and she said, look, I found a gay guy. And he's like, no, no, I'm not gay, but I support it. I like totally hate when people discriminate because of that. And then Dan was like, yeah, man, fuck that. I'm a huge ally myself. Like, why why hate other people for, for who they love? And then the guy was like, yeah, why hate? And I looked right into his eyes because he was standing pretty still and didn't take long for me to realize he was high as hell. So I left it at that, kept talking to other people. And then at one point, I get close to speakers and I start dancing. And then this woman looks at me. So I just smile at her, just because. And then Dan's like, I saw you. Don't think I didn't catch that. And I'm like, you saw what? And then he's like, you were clearly flirting with her. I'm like, flirting? Eh? And then he's like, yeah, I saw you wink at her. I know what you were trying to do. Don't even try to hide that from me. I saw it. And I was like, first of all, I can't even wink. Like, my face muscles are so unflexible that I can barely raise both of my eyebrows. I can barely raise one eyebrow at a time. And I can barely wink. So what, make you, what makes you think I could possibly do that? And he's like, no, 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 I'll leave you to it then. And I'm like, no, 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 please, please. Like, I can't speak the main language here, which yeah, people could speak English, but they were mostly speaking to each other in Dutch. I didn't know who to confront because I didn't know like almost anyone there. And he just, he basically just left me on my own. So after trying to tell him like, no, 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 please, like don't leave me here alone. He was like, no, no, I'll leave you to it, to flirt with other people since uh, that's clearly what you're, what you're doing and I'm like and he was just not listening I was like trying to tell him like no please that was not what I was doing I was literally just smiling at a random woman not even my type and seemed like a lot older than me as well so you know bold claim to make anyways he left me on my own at the dance floor so now 
I'm alone, he's talking to other people, and he won't talk to me. And I need to think quickly, because I've never been in this kind of situation before, so I think. I'm near people who are dancing. I can sort of dance. I don't know if I were to confront someone, I don't even know what I'd talk to them about. So I should put my limited dancing skills to use and just dance with people even if I'm alone since people usually dance in clusters at party, at parties because there's literally nothing else to do. So I start dancing on my own and then I see this one woman who's like, she looks upset because I just saw that she was dancing with other people and they just kind of like walked away so I assumed they were like her friends or something. So then I get kind of closer with her and just start dancing and then she seems to be kind she seems to kind of get more comfortable as the song goes on and then uh, after a while uh, like maybe once the song ended she left and ended up walking and I feel I think she was like searching for people and then I keep dancing and then I'm dancing like near these men and at the end of the song uh, one of them walks up to me and high fives me and I was like boom I just I just earned a bunch of social credit but yeah I was not in the not really in the mood to dance especially since I was kind of dancing out of out of force because I couldn't do anything else so then I walk up to Dan and I'm like hey like not cool man and then he's like oh you're back so yeah we're just sitting talking to random people for a while this was kind of the lame part like we didn't really know what to do and he was just walking up to random people and talking to them because as you can see by him getting the the lady's number like he just talks to anyone and it's because he has these connections to all these people through the weirdest ways possible like these guys were trying to tie a tie and then he was like mm -mm, i know how to do it so then he helped them and he just started talking to them for a while but then I got bored and most of the people were speaking in Dutch, so then I decided I'm gonna go to the hammocks, which were really close to where we were sitting at. So we spent the final hour or so at the party just laying down in the hammocks and talking to people. And then I pull out my phone and I realize it is almost five in the morning. And how are we gonna get back to the Airbnb? So. I start panicking a bit because I downloaded Uber and I kept trying to press a button, but it wouldn't work. Like it wasn't, it wasn't calling a cab. So because of that, I was like, fuck, what are we going to do now? Like, and then Dan started walking up to random people and asking them like, do you mind if we could, um, ride with you guys? And then, uh, in the end, Everyone else was going on a truck or something, so we decided to find a taxi. And that taxi guy ripped us off so bad, because it's not like those taxis in the cities where they charge like X amount of money for X amount of kilometers. It was the kind of taxi who can charge you anything. So this man was asking for 70 bucks, and he was trying to raise it to 90 for five kilometers to the Airbnb. Like, how ridiculous is that? So, in the end, we ended up paying 80 bucks to the taxi driver, get back, and we can't open the door. So what we do is we walk up to the window of Ryan's mom, you know, the window of the room where she was sleeping in, and then we just knock on it really loudly and she wakes up, opens the door for us, and then we sleep for just a few hours because then we had to get out 
of the place at 11 because the cleaning lady was supposed to come. But the thing is, she never came, so then uh, we had an extra hour to spare to just uh, have breakfast, do our thing. And then we were supposed to go to Brussels, I believe, to the airport. And we were supposed to go there by train. So Ryan's mom takes us to a train station. We get there, and since they, I assume Dan didn't plan anything of this sort, we saw that there was no train ride to Brussels. So now, what we ended up doing was uh, calling Ryan's mom. She brought us to the airport, and yeah, we got back safe and sound. And then a day and a half later, I moved here to Italy. So that is the end of the story. And for the segment of gratitude, I have to mention toilets again. And not, not just any toilet, but I say the toilets I have at my house, because here's the thing. I mentioned, if you don't listen to episode 9, I mentioned that I'm grateful for toilets because I visited this one um, Dutch castle where they barely had any toilets. They just had bedpans, right? Well, you know what I experienced at the Airbnb? It was this toilet where the hole wasn't in the middle. The hole was like, not at the side, it was like at the very front. So, I don't know how, to, how that works, I don't know what the logic is behind that, but it was very uncomfortable and very... Ugh, yeah. So yeah, I'm grateful for the toilets to have a hole in the middle. Because why would you put it to the very side? It just makes no sense. I swear, Dutch infrastructure and architecture just continues to baffle me to this day. So, yeah, nothing else to say. Toodles! Thank <music> you.